This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. is Sky Blues Extra. Welcome to the Sky Blues Extra match day preview pod with me, David, Dean and Ross. Um, as always, the pod is sponsored by the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury, the home of the best pre and post match day experience chaps. It's the first in a new weekly episode that we will launch every Thursday. Where we'll be able to preview the upcoming fixture, talk about opposition insight, opposing fan views we're going to get, um, from some of the biggest podcast providers in the championship. So great to have that. Um, and just, yeah, a bit nearer to the, the the week, I guess. So a bit easier to to talk about the, the upcoming fixture. To wet the appetite well, that's ahead it. of the wet game. The wet the whistle, as they say. <laughs> exactly. This weekend, we take on uh, the Mackhams, obviously. Um, it's become a bit of a derby match, hasn't it? And uh, in recent years, really. Um, Did you hear Josh Eccles, Josh Eccles after the game? He was buzzing for this game. He knows. He knows the score. He knows. Yeah, well, it's weird. I, I don't know how. Obviously, we know the reasons why and behind it. But it seems in recent years, it seemed to have like gone up a bit more. Ross, right? The rivalry between us and and Sunderland. It Ross, seems to have Ross gone up. Ross loves the scrap notches. as well. Loves the scrap. <laughs> Legion, I am. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if I remember rightly. It, I've actually got a mate from school who's a Sunderland fan. I remember at that game, his dad's a cook, is a chef in the um, Rico. So I was in the box. It was the first time that we played them since we were, but remember when we had, I think we were in League One and Clark Harris scored for us. So we had Connor Chaplin, et cetera, playing for us back then in them days. And I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they do something to the Jimmy Hill statue when they come? They, oh, yeah, they, they booed they, it. Yeah, one guy just... I remember apparently one guy... They pointed some fingers as well. I heard that one guy pissed on it as well as something like that or someone tried to like like basically we on the statue or did something mental which is what like started the whole like rivalry again of it and then obviously we played them later in that season i, I think, think they put a sunderland 
like they Scarf on it as well. Yeah. They did loads yeah. of yeah, yeah. They, and they started going mad about it, didn't they? And basically like re- completely rebringing it up. And I think a lot of COD fans are like, "What the hell is going on?" Then there was probably some commercial after the game with fans and stuff like that. And then later on that season was when we beat them five four, wasn't it? And then that made it even more of a rivalry with the famous five five four game that we had against them. So yeah, I think that season in League One just kind of. Yeah, just relit a fire that now we both just hate each other. We're completely opposite ends of the maps, but for some reason we've got (laughs) we've got this rivalry that people like. Why do those two hate each other? But yeah, Yeah. whenever I see them, I said it's my one of my. I put it down in the preview that you read out at the um, at the tavern. It was one of the home games I was looking forward to because for some reason I just think some of their fans are so deluded, and I just love putting one over on them, and I can't wait to do it again on Saturday. I love this game because it just it just makes everything better. It just feels yeah. the rivalry makes the game better, and yeah, you know, we, we've Definitely. always performed in yeah. in those in those intense battle arenas. And it, you know, if if they want to come and make it like a real hot hostile atmosphere, you know, bring it on because that's what we we seem to love and we oh, perform yeah, it. So well up for it as well. Yeah. And I also I thought it was a half twelve kickoff because there was a lot of stuff floating around about it being on like different TVs, but I found that it's a three o'clock kickoff, which makes it even better because we all know a three PM kickoff is like the one for atmosphere. So that I'm quite surprised it- by that, to be honest. I'm yeah, quite surprised it's been kept at three o'clock. Yeah, I thought it was going to be moved. I thought when I heard it was on some TV channels, I thought it would definitely be moved to an early kickoff, but it's a 3 p.m. kickoff. So the fact we've got them at a three o'clock actually makes it even better. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to it. And yeah, we for some reason we have a rivalry with them. But yeah, like Dean said, <laughs> I look forward to playing them just so we can do one over on them. It's, it's brilliant when we beat them, isn't it? So I'll, be, I'll be in the Czech Republic, so I'll have to try and find one of dod- one of those dodgy Czech Republic uh, TV stations you've been talking <laughs> about there. <laughs> but last season, chaps, we played them um, on the opening day, right? Um, which was a draw. I think many felt we probably should have done better um, away from home or deserved more. And then... In February, the return fixture at the CBS, we ran out 2-1 winners. Um, Alan and Jokerez scored. Um, and I think they scored theirs right on the 90th minute or something like that, didn't they? But we were already out of sight um, by then. Um, they've been given an allocation of 3,000. Uh, as much as Sunderland fans have booed and hissed on Twitter um, by saying they're going to boycott it, I'm pretty sure at... Even thirty-seven pound a ticket, they're still going to make the four hundred mile round. They've, they've trip. sold out. Yeah, have they, they have already sold, now they sold, have out. sold them. So, like, Fine. what? And also, they can't moan. They charged Ipswich thirty-two pound a week ago. That's yeah. twenty-five pound less. You know, yeah. Don't shout yeah. about twenties plenty and then charge twelve pound more than you. More yeah, they're, they're just a picnic club, aren't they? I hate to be this guy that does it, but they really are. It's like when they put away fans above um, a disabled section and then when stuff gets thrown down, it's like, well, you're out of order. And it's like, well, hang on a second. You put what away do you expect? right above a disabled area when you used to have them at the opposite end of the ground, completely out the way. They, they are just a picnic club. They, 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 they are a big club. They do get a big fan base, don't they? They wrong. do, yeah. Which is why it makes for such a great atmosphere. You have yeah, to commit I'll never, them for that, I'll never right? knock them on that, but their home support is rubbish. It is silent whenever I've been there. That's why I don't really like the away day because it's not as good as what it should be for the amount of fans they have. And they are just a picnic club with everything. There's always a scene or something about it that's an issue. It's like, oh, tickets are too much or well, you're only because of Jimmy Hill or blah de blah you won 5-4 because my <laughs> Oh, man, God, he's my off. Man, he's off. My Jesus. man pulled my leg. Yeah, they're just, they're just one of them annoying teams. Aren't they? Just, back. I feel 
like Alan Partridge when you're like thinking, when do you cut? When do you cut the, the guest yeah. off? Yeah, uh, mute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lots of fan, lots of fans, not lots of brain cells up there. I'm afraid so. You it, know. It, it does make for a really charged fixture though, and it will make for another great um, game on this one. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Do we know much about Sunderland? Obviously, weekend just gone. They um, beat Rotherham. Uh, sorry, no, they, they won. Did they won? Yeah, two, they one? beat Rotherham. Yeah, first Rotherham, one of the yeah, season. Sorry. Yeah, had a. Uh, laps in uh, signals there. Yeah, some of those Sunderland brain cells going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure you've been trying to unearth some nuggets this week, Dean, uh, by doing some research on on Sunderland. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely a team I've had my eye on for the start of the season, main, mainly to the fact that the bookies had them like fourth or fifth favourites to get promoted. And I just I just can't see it with the with the side they've got. I mean, Ross Stewart is still out and he's a huge loss. Um, and... Yeah, well, yeah, great for us, but not great for Sunderland. The only good, the only good thing for them is that p- potentially he won't get sold during this this window because you you could see a, a few Premier League clubs start sniffing for for his services. Uh, but he won't be won't be participating in this fixture. Um, and as I said, they got their first win of the weekend, two goals from from Joe Bellingham, which is um, you know they're pinning their hopes on him a, a little bit. Is he, is he eighteen now? Or is he still seventeen? Yeah. Young lad, yeah. I think he's 17, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, so he scored two. Both Bellingham's got two goals um, at the weekend. Um, Matt, away Into from... Oh, media frenzy. Yeah, away from this fixture, by the way. Jude Bellingham is now already one goal away from matching Eden Hazard's total La Liga record, which is just bonkers um, to, to think about, in, in you know, with only playing two games, <laughs> which is wild. But yeah, in regards to Sunderland, you know, they've got a very, very young young side. A very young side, um, and you know Tony Mowbray seems to to like to like youthfulness in his teams, um, and you know they didn't have a start of the season off well. Three losses in a row before Saturday, heading out of the of the League Cup as well uh, in that time. Um, you know they're they're an intriguing side, Dave. You know they they like to play football, um, especially with you know without Ross Stewart they have to, and um, they've only got Bradley Dack playing up front at the moment, which you know he isn't a target man. He's not really a marksman either. Um, he's not going to be a guy who holds the ball up. So it's going to be um, interesting to see the way they, you know, both times both sides want to play football. So it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of shapes up. Um, but the two, you know, the where I'm sort of looking at where this game could be won, I think it's the middle of the park. If we can control that middle of the park versus uh, Neil and Equa, which you know, twenty and twenty-one years old. Um, in the middle of the park, yeah. up against some like Sheaf, Eccles, Palmer. I think that's where we can win this game. Um, if we can control that, um, I think we'll get real positivity. Um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Um, and, yeah, it should be, should be an exciting game. Ross, what about yourself? Um, obviously, probably watched a little bit of Sunderland in, in the highlights and, and stuff this season. But um, how, how do you see Coventry winning this one? Where do you think, who, you know, who do you think holds the key? I think, well... I've got a mate, like I said, I've got a mate who's a Sunderland fan, and he says that he's not happy with their business really at all. Obviously, they've lost, they've lost a few loan players. I think from looking at their team, I think we're really email time again. I think we're really going to um, 
caused them problems with with Hadji right up front. If you've got Luke O'Nine and, and Dan Ballard as your as your back two, I think Hadji right, if if you get him in behind them, he's 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 gonna have a field day. I mean, Luke O'Nine, as we all know, is not a centre back. Like he is not a centre half at this level. Um, and with players like Godden, who's who O'Nine might be faster than as an example, but is he as clever or so you need to wind him up big time. Yeah, he he is a hothead. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to bet, put, put Luke O'Nan to be booked at this in this game, definitely stick £10 on that because it's probably more than likely going to happen. Um, but yeah, I just think their back four Other is stakes really... are available. I say, and this is not a gambling podcast. Do not take <laughs> advice from us at any point. And if you've got any invoices, send them to Ross Spence, not Scrooby yeah. Sector. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just looking at their back four, just it, if that was my back four, it would not breed me any form of confidence. I think the areas that they can hurt us um, is obviously out wide. They have got good players. They've got Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts, They've got Lyndon Gooch on the bench. They've got some nice real attacking talent. Obviously, Bradley Dack's a good player if he stays fit. But again, like Dean said, the middle of the park, two young players that aren't really gonna be they're not they're not very established players at this level and a very like inconsistent back four. So I think they could hurt us if we get stretched or we give us a sloppy pass away, for example. But if we just play our game and how we have been, especially like we did against Burham, we're a bit more clean and we've got, say, Palmer um, to come back and obviously uh, Vanny Vac's okay. And we start with that. I think we've got, I think we've got, we'll cause them way more headaches than they will us. Um, so I, I fully expect it to be, again, the middle of the park, um, the wing backs will be a, a good duel against their full backs and obviously the wingers that they play. And then obviously up front with Hadji Wright, Sims, whoever it may be, I think will call, cause them a, a bundle of problems in terms of their back two. I think they're not going to have a nice day against our strikers at all. I think De Silva versus Trihume is going to be really, yeah, really key. Yeah, that's going to be a nice battle. Um, nice and, battle and that is. I think you mentioned Jack, Jack, Jack Clark. I think he is the, he's their key man. Um, I'd be very surprised if he's still at Sunderland to be honest there's, there's teams crying out for a left-sided player they've got Pritchard on the bench haven't they and apparently yeah. he got his way out as well from what I was reading the other day so that's another player that's good at this level who could be going so I think Van Avak's got to be you know aware of, of what Jack Clark does which is the cut inside and, and let fly I think Jack, the thing is with Van Avak he's actually quite good defensively it's not been that area that I've actually been critiquing of him so far it's more going forward like, I think I it's, posi- see- it's his positioning though you've got to be way more aware of someone yeah, who you know, can get on you and get inside and this, of you this game they are then they haven't got strong wing backs or full backs so I would like him to really go at them and, and use his pace and his skill that he's got. Like I watched that video earlier on, I tweeted it in, in the, the unseen bits in training and he whipped a free kick in the top corner. I just thought, God, you're right. Wing back, like have some confidence about you. If you can do that in training, then in the game, you should definitely be able to be taking on players and, and taking a, corners, maybe. Josh, yeah, maybe, we'll see you later. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe even put him on corners at this way, but hopefully if Palmer's back, we'll have Palmer in there to take them again Saturday. But yeah, I think we'll cause them a lot of problems. I think they they can cause us like any team can, but I think we've got more problems for them than they have for us. So, and they're still they're still back to be you know get promotion ahead of us. By the way, in the in the bookies, so I'd say let it commence. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. We actually were lucky enough to catch up with what the Falk podcast, Sunderland podcast, and, you know, we're going to get opposing views. So uh, my name's Graham. I'm from the What the Falk podcast, and I've been asked to ask or answer even a couple of questions, sorry, uh, regarding the game um, at the weekend. So um, first question that comes up, summer transfer business, am I happy at who came in? Uh, at the time of speaking, it is 11.27 on the 21st of August, and no... But there's a few caveats to that. So first and foremost, let's look at who we sort of brought in. I think probably the one that most people can see is Job, um, obviously brother of Jude. He scored twice at the weekend, 17-year-old. I think the reported fee was about $3 million. I have a feeling that would be performance-related as well. But um, he's been probably the pick of the bunch. Um, he's looked really impressive. He does not look 17 in any way, shape, size or form. And whilst he's probably not going to be as good as Jude is, um, I think we're kind of comfortable with that. He was really, really good on Saturday. Scored two goals. Excellent on the opening day, even though we got beat. Not the best against Preston, but I think these things are going to happen. Like, he's 17 and, you know, you can't expect him to be brilliant every game. But he looks like the standout. Outside of that, you know, Sunderland have a model, and the model that Sunderland have is that we sign young players, young hungry players under the age of, well, at the minute, we normally say under 24, but most of the ones we brought in have been under the age of 21, um, and we build them and we mould them and so on and so forth. It's a great model in principle, and there's a lot of these signings that have worked. I think Jack Clark's probably the prime example from last season, but... Unfortunately, we've been left with a little bit of um, a lack of experience, shall we say. We brought in Bradley Dack, who I think is 28, 29. Outside of that, they've all been young boys. And for the third transfer window running, we've been left um, without a striker. Ross Stewart's been, he's had two big injuries and effectively been out for almost a year now, give or take a couple of months here or there. He's obviously our key striker. We had Ellis Sims, who I'm sure you'll be aware of uh, these days. Last season, he was recalled in January. Um, around the same time that Ross Stewart got his second big injury and all that we've brought in is a, a big centre forward from Portugal from Benfica called um, Hamir and he looks as raw as you can expect, 19 year old and we definitely need more up there but the good news is uh, after the match on Saturday Tony felt that there was going to be more coming in and he seemed a lot more confident so hopefully come Saturday I can answer that question and say yes, relatively happy with what we've brought in but I think it's probably hard to judge at the moment until we've seen the full season. But we need more experience. We need a defensive midfielder as well because Corey Evans has been out for about six to eight months and we, we definitely need a striker. But um, I'm on the fence at the moment. I would say veering towards unhappy with the transfer window. But that's just because I don't think we've got the positions we needed. But that may change. Um, the start of the season, uh, the second question asking me you know, what I make of the start of the season has been a really weird one because... We haven't really played badly. Uh, we lost 2-1 against Ipswich. We dominated possession, probably had the better chances than that. We lost 2-1 against Preston, and I would say the same. And then on um, Saturday, we beat Rotherham 2-1, and I'd say exactly the same. But 
I think it comes down to the fact that we're a little bit naive and we were lacking something up front in those two games. Probably looked like we were lacking a little bit up front on Saturday as well, could have potentially had more goals. And without repeating myself, that goes back to what I felt about the transfer window. So um, I have an ambition that you know we could get in and around the playoffs. You'll understand that as Coventry fans, you wouldn't want to go from finishing fifth to then not being in the playoffs. But I think it's going to be a bit of a tough old season um, unless we got what we need. But the first three games, we've been okay. But you can quite obviously see what we're missing. And hopefully that will change come the end of the transfer window. I think if you're looking at the last match against Rotherham... Um, important win we needed to win that I don't think Rotherham are any great shakes to be completely honest with you I think they'll probably be bottom five but you can only beat what's put in front of you and after losing the first two games despite it being decent performances we needed to win we played without a striker again we started with Bradley Dack in the false nine but we changed that uh, Job um, and Job scored two goals which was a testament to him you know what I mean uh, when you look at the kid being 17, playing in a position he's not used to, he was phenomenal. But I think we'll have a striker in by Saturday just to kind of reiterate my point again. Um, and I think it's needed, but a massively needed win, three points, because we've got yourselves away, which is always a tough game. And then we've got Southampton at home, which is also a tough game. But um, if we hadn't won on Saturday, that, that could have been a bit of a worry with those next two games coming up. But all in all, outside of the first 20 minutes, uh, really good, you know, really, really happy. There's no injuries that we've got from that, as far as I'm aware. Uh, moving Bellingham up front instead of Bradley Dack definitely seemed to work. And ultimately, the result is the most important thing. Um, played no better, no worse than we did against Ipswich or Preston, but won the game, so you're far happier. In terms of the, the game against Coventry, you've asked me how I expect us to line up. It's, it's probably quite difficult at the moment because I think we will have a striker in the door um, come the game on Saturday. So I think... Naturally, they go straight up front because we haven't really got a striker. We have Hamir, who's 19, but he's, he's raw as they come. And uh, I don't think Tony Mowbray 100% wants to just throw him into the, the championship and, and play games. Week in, week out, I don't think it's necessarily fair. We've been linked to Jay Stansfield from Fulham um, on loan. He came to Exeter last year and I think he got nine goals, eight assists or something like that in, in 30-ish games. And not all of those were starts, so... Maybe we'll see him up front if he's signed or whoever we do sign, I think we'll see them up front. The the goalkeeper picks himself in terms of Anthony Patterson will be in goal. Your back four will be remain exactly the same unless there's any injuries over the coming days. That'll be um, Trey Hume at right back. You'll have Dennis Serkin, who I'm a big fan of at left back. And then you'll have Dan Ballard and, and Luke O'Neill at centre-half. Your midfield will probably look like Pierre Ekwar, uh, Dan Neal, I assume Bradley Dack will go into the 10 or Bellingham will go into the 10 and then you'll have the striker that we bring in um, who Tony Mowbray seems very confident that we're going to get in up front and then your wings will be um, Jack Clark. I said there was no injuries before. There was a little bit of a doubt over Patrick Roberts actually um, which would be a big, big miss because he hobbled off but we don't know the extent of his injury just yet. We are hoping it's not a big injury because he's a hugely important player for us. I think he's probably the most skilled player in the league and I know every like club is uh, every fan of every club is biased but I mean Patrick Roberts ability with the ball at his feet is outstanding um, and he was unbelievable with Diallo last season so he's obviously a big big player for us and he'll be a huge miss if he's not playing uh, we'll have to wait and see what the extent of his injury is and I'm hoping it's not too bad it didn't look too bad on Saturday but you never know I think it was maybe his hamstring and potentially an issue with his toe so 
we'll just have to wait and see. In terms of players to watch out for, uh, if Roberts plays, I've got to say Patrick Roberts 100% because, in my opinion, he's the most creative player. But you look at the goal contributions that Jack Clark brought last year, I think he scored against yourselves on the opening day of the season and then had another 23 goal contributions on top of that. And I think 10 of them were goals um, or 11 of them were goals and then the assists on top. So Jack Clark on form is really good, uh, borderline unplayable. When he's not great, he, he can be frustrating, but I think that's kind of what happens with young players and certainly with wingers. But outside of that, you've got to say Joe Bellingham, uh, two goals on, on Saturday and a hugely impressive performance and looks every inch of player that, you know, it's been worth a couple of million pounds at the age of just 17. So I'd keep an eye on him. He's huge for his age. Um, very similar to his brother in terms of his stature and obviously got a lot of talent. Uh, but I'd pick Roberts, Patrick Clark, uh, Patrick Clark, Jack Clark, even, sorry. Um, and then Joe Bellingham. And then, you know, whichever strike we bring in, the strike is always someone to watch. In terms of score prediction, um, I think Coventry was a really tough game. I know you've lost Jokerez, who I thought was the best striker in the league last year. And I know you've lost Gustavo Hamer, who's obviously a great player. But I think, you know, Robbins and Coventry have just recycled over the years when they've lost a player, brought in someone who can who can fill in that role. And I think I watched it against Middlesbrough and whilst it wasn't a straightforward 3-0, it was 3-0 and... He looked impressive. Um, I think you've got a cohesive unit and a collected, sorry, not a, a collected, a, a collective spirit within that dressing room, which is obviously festered by Mark Robbins, and I think it's difficult. Would I snap your hands up for a draw? Absolutely. Um, am I going to back Sunderland to win? Absolutely not. Will Ellis Sims score against us? Of course he will. Do I think we're capable of pulling it back though? Yes, I do. Would you a bit of a result against yourselves? So I'll take a. I'll take an entertaining 2-2 draw with Ellis Sims getting one of the goals for yourselves and um, whoever our new striker may be, I'll say they will also get a goal. But 2-2 um, and I'd be more than happy and more than comfortable with that. But uh, thanks very much. From the podcast, What the Folk. And we appreciate that. Really grateful for them jumping on to give us their thoughts. That takes us nicely on to team lineups, Dean, about how we think we're going to deal with the threat of Sunderland on the match day uh, this Saturday at the CBS. Who do you see line up for this one? I don't see many differences other than Palmer coming in, to be honest, as long as he's, you know, he's fit. Um, yeah. And if, you know, if, if Van Avak is, is still injured... I think it's a toe injury. He should be over it in the next couple of days. We'd like to hope. Um, then maybe Echoes will be pushed into that that right wing back spot, and and Kelly will come into the middle of the park. Um, it's not ideal, but you know that's the only way. I, I don't trust Sakamoto as a right wing back, especially against Jack Clark. It just wouldn't be the way to go forward, uh, and it's going to cause us a hell a uh, hell of a lot of headaches. So, yeah, the only change I would potentially like to see Palmer in for, for Sakamoto because I think Sakamoto off the bench is a really good option uh, to change a game as well. Yeah, agree with that, Ross. Yeah, I think the only change will be will be Palmer, to be honest. I mean, he could he could play Sims, but, you know, it's his old club. He might think of starting him and then maybe doing the old Sakamoto and right off the bench again. Um, he won't drop Godden, as we know, because he's scoring at the moment, obviously, and he knows his division. I think Palmer's the obvious one and Sakamoto to go to the bench, but he could 
he could know in Robin's change and maybe throw Sims back in there for right. But I would like to see right start and get and get a run of games that obviously is our, our marquee signing and he's not done anything wrong. He's caused problems in every game he's 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 played in, hasn't he? So I think the only two changes could be that, but one of them's not more of a a guarantee than say Palmer is. So yeah. Palmer would probably be the only one I'd say. I also think bringing Sims off the bench were a point to prove both for us yeah. and against Sunderland. That's that's, think, that's no, quite well. tantalising as well. So you I, know, that's... I think it's more of a worry for them, isn't it, if he's on the yeah. bench rather than him actually playing? Because imagine if it's like 70 minutes to go, it's 1-1 and they're like, oh God, they've just bought on Sims now. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they, oh, that exactly. will worry them because there's a lot of players in that team yeah. who play with Sims last year. So, you know, they'll, they'll be aware of his threats, but, you know, that, that, yeah, that could be an advantage to us. So. Absolutely. Okay. So score predictions. going to start with you, Ross. Um, how do you see this one playing out? I've, I've, do you know what? I've thought about this all week. And I, I'm, I was going to go 3-1, but I fancy this for a clean sheet again. I'm going to go 2-0. Dean? Yeah, I'm going to match that. Yeah, I just think defensively we're looking we're looking solid, uh, and we have options there if we if we need to change it. So, yeah, I'm 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 quietly confident about this one. Um, so looking forward to watching a two 0 victory to the Sky Blues on a on a dodgy channel somewhere in the uh, in in the middle of Europe. Great, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining, chaps. Appreciate you jumping on to this first preview pod. Um, and, you know, listeners at home, do use the hashtag SBE podcast if you've got some feedback on this new format, if you like it, what you'd like to see, what else, anything new, um, all positive, we hope. Um, and obviously, we thank Dylan's and the Sky Blue Tavern again for their continued support in sponsoring our podcast. Um, and let's hope that we get all three points on Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.